You are listening to The Limitless Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Heron. What if you had no limitations keeping you from your dream life? In 2016, I had a major tug on my heart to write a book about my story. And in the process, I learned that I had been operating with a very faulty belief system for the majority of my life. I've had a huge transformation since then. And my life's passion and mission is to teach you how to live a limitless life. Join me on this journey. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome once again to the Limitless Podcast. This is Deanna Heron, your host. I'm so excited to be with you once again on this Tuesday. Today, we are continuing on our Warrior Women series, and I have an amazing guest that I cannot wait to share with you. But first and foremost, I want to remind you that my mission and passion is to help women stand in their truth because a woman who knows her truth becomes limitless in her impact. So I want to honor you. I want to honor you for being a part of this podcast because that means that you are ready to rise up and become the greatest version of yourself. And I know firsthand the work that that takes. So congratulations to you because your impact will ripple a legacy that you cannot even imagine. So our guest today is Victoria McHugh, and Victoria and I know each other personally. She is such a dear, dear friend of mine, and she has such an incredible story that I really wanted you to hear her story because her story resonates with so many of us, and you may not realize that you have the same or similar story that she does. And so see if you can see yourself within her story, and she'll share some amazing tips of her takeaways from her story. So Vic, welcome. So good to have you on this podcast. I'm so honored to have you and I'm excited for you to share a little bit about yourself with everyone. Just introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Deanna. And honestly, what an honor to be on this podcast. I'm such a huge fan of all of your episodes and I just am so grateful to have such a close relationship with you. So hi, everyone. Um, I am Victoria. I'm 31 years old. I currently live in Sydney, Australia, the most beautiful part of the world. I wanted to share a little bit about my background before we go into sort of the warrior story, which I'm not nervous to share, but it will be the first time that I am publicly talking about some big changes in my life. And I hope that I'm going to add some value to you today. And I hope by sharing my story that can really impact you as well, because I'm just a true believer and we go through things in our life so that we can, you know, pass those lessons and wisdom on. So I grew up actually in Canberra, which is the capital of Australia. I am the baby of the family. I have two older siblings and the daughter of two very incredible um, people, Stephen and Celia. My dad is um, an entrepreneur. And I think that's definitely, as I've grown up in my life, realized that's where I get the tendency of the businesswoman from. Uh, I had a beautiful childhood. I would say it was almost picture perfect. Um, And went to private schooling, did all the things, um, you know, loved sports, loved socializing, loved school, went through um, high school. I did a gap year between my high school and university, went to university. I have a degree in public relations and communications um, with um, a higher degree in marketing. So absolutely love the world of marketing, speaking, you know, branding, advertising, all of that. 
And I finished uni and I went into the corporate world and it was actually the same year that I got my first full-time job that I uh, met who I would say was the greatest love of my life so far. Um, And a couple of years into our relationship, I started an online business. I grew that to a seven-figure, multi-million dollar um, online business in my 20s. And at the age of 25, I actually followed my partner at the time to the UK, so moved to the other side of the world, where he pursued his passion and career in sports. And I grew my business alongside him. And I kind of spent the last five, six years traveling the world and being able to step into that sort of world of entrepreneurship, um, coaching, speaking. I co-authored a best-selling book. And um, at the middle of last year, um, uh, our time in Scotland, it was Scotland in the UK, came to an end in my fiancé at the time and I moved back to Australia and that was a little rocky. Um, If anybody knows me, I don't like the feeling of settling and I don't like the feeling of being restricted and sort of moving back from living this dream in the UK and travelling and just having this really wonderful and different life sort of moving home uh, made me feel like I was going a little bit backwards and that's a whole you know other other story we could talk about Um, but I ended up settling at the end of last year in Sydney with him and then a month later um, I actually walked away from that 10-year relationship and that's where I am today you know I'm in this period of my life I'm 31 I've never lived on my own before. Um, I've never done things on my own. I went straight from living with my parents to living with him and then moving overseas. So I'm in this really new stage of my life and I'm really excited about it and really looking forward to this sort of next chapter. So beautiful. So Victoria, you know, this Warrior Series, the reason why I wanted to do this Warrior Series is because as successful women, a lot of people will look at you and they'll say, oh my gosh, like she's got it all together, which you do. I've I've been fortunate to be on this journey with you and you do have it all together, but people will look at you and go, look, you know, look at her hair. She's so beautiful. She's got a beautiful figure. She speaks so well. She's successful in what she does. Man, I can never do that because look at all of the things in my life. And I wanted to bring to the surface that really any entrepreneur, any successful business man or woman, we have those struggles. And as women, sometimes we don't really share those struggles. We haven't been as vulnerable. I think there's a whole rising that's happening right now with women and their vulnerability, for sure. But this, um, this series is about, you know, being in that arena. And um, one famous... Um, President Theodore Roosevelt wrote wrote a poem years and years ago, and I think it was Brene Brown that made this so popular. And I've got it hanging in my office because it just reminds me that we will have these arena moments over and over and over in this lifetime as we grow to the greatest versions of ourselves. So I want to read this really quick, and I would love for you to share your arena moment. So it says, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short 
again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory or defeat. And what I love so much about this is you have been in that arena and you have picked yourself back up and you are reinventing yourself. And so I would love for you to share with all of the listeners your arena story, because I know they're going to be able to relate to you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, I love that so much. And, you know, there has been a lot of moments over the last, especially the last sort of eight, eight or so years from starting a business and everything that comes along with that. I've had, you know, all the body image issues that I'm sure everyone can relate to at some point in their life. I've had the imposter syndrome. I've had the unworthiness. I've had all of that. But I think my biggest arena moment. And, you know, like I said to you, I haven't openly shared this much because it's so new, but I'm so thankful to have this, this platform to do it is, you know, I walked away in January from a 10 year relationship. We were engaged for four years um, prior to that. And I can honestly tell you when I met him at 21, I thought that that was it. I fell in love in the very first second I saw him before he even knew I existed. I, I really did. And, and we shared a a really loving, loyal, beautiful, special relationship. And so making the decision to walk away and, and whether that was mutual, whether it was, you know, him first, me first, it doesn't really matter, but making the decision to to choose me after 10 years because I was in a place in the relationship and I'm I'm going to talk about it from my perspective not his because he is a fantastic guy um I had lost myself over the last few years in the relationship I was not speaking my truth for a really long time I had felt like I'd lost the confidence in who I was, not only as a businesswoman, but also as a partner, as a friend. And I was abandoning myself over and over and over again to try and fix something that ultimately wasn't able to be fixed. And in doing that and spending so much time trying to, you know, fix it and change myself and try and change him and, you know, put this square peg into a round hole, it took everything from me. It took the the parts of me that made me me, the parts of me that made me special. I used to say to him, you know, I wish you saw me the way that everyone at work sees me. I wish you saw me the way that my Instagram saw me, or I wish you saw me the way that you know, all these other people see and love me. And I think when you start saying that to the person that should unconditionally love you as you more than anyone in your life, that's when you know that you're going to have to walk away if you want to save that part of you that makes you who you are. And I just 
there were so many moments when I knew something wasn't right and I didn't speak up or I didn't agree with something and I didn't speak up. And I would get to this point where I'd agree with everything to save an argument or I'd agree with everything to not have to go through the motions of two people that just were not working anymore. And it was so hard, Deanna, as you know, because you're with someone for 10 years and there's a lot of memories. There's a lot of past versions of you. There's a lot of this, but if we could just go back to the people we were when we were 25 or 26 and it was perfect and and it was all the things that I'd ever wanted and that's what I was holding on to and that's why I stayed to a point where so much damage was done to me as a person, as a woman, as an entrepreneur. And I just got to a point where I thought if I don't, if we don't leave and we don't separate, I don't know if she'll ever come back. And I was afraid of that. And I was afraid of whether I would lose her entirely um, and lose the, the bubbly, the happy, the joyful version of me that I hadn't seen for a really long time and that I hadn't shown up as for a really long time. So it's been messy in terms of myself, not not us, where we're completely fine and, and respectful of each other, but it's been this journey of unlearning and figuring out who that girl is. And there's so much learning to do. It's only been three months. So there's so much more to come, but I think when you can be brave and you can choose yourself and ultimately that's what I had to do. I had to choose me. I had to choose the girl that was the girl that is and the girl that will be. And it was, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Vic, why do you think that you abandoned you. Why do you think that you let her hide in Mm. an attempt to be something that you really weren't in the relationship? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. I'm sure it's more common than, than we think. I wanted to be someone for him because I wanted the relationship to work. I think looking back, it's very easy to look back with the with the eyes that you have now being far removed from it. Um, But at the time I was doing anything I could to save the relationship. I was doing everything I could to be the perfect person for him. Um, And again, I want to say it was never really him telling me to change. It was never really him saying, I don't like these things about you. It was the relationship that I felt was becoming disconnected. I felt like we were growing apart. I felt that instinct, my gut instinct said, this is not going to work. And my, my body and my soul and my heart was like, well, how do I make it work? How do I force it to work? How do I control it to work? And that was changing who I was. It was changing everything about myself. And it was, I'm too loud. I'm too over the top. I'm too controlling. I'm too this. I'm too this. And so I changed all of those things. And as you can imagine, it still didn't work because not only was I changing those things about myself, but I was also miserable. 
and I was also living inauthentically and I was also living afraid and I felt like I wasn't able to show up in any aspect of my life. So I was changing the way I was in business. I was changing the way I showed up to my health and wellness and all of those things combined was making everything in the relationship worse anyway. So I wasn't showing up as myself in the relationship. And then that affected my business, which lowered my confidence. And then that meant that I was not focused on my health and wellness, which again, you know, was impacting my confidence. And when you are an unconfident person and you going into a relationship thinking you need to change, then I would get to this point where I just felt unworthy and unlovable. And I felt like I didn't even know what to say. I was on eggshells all the time. I had anxiety all the time. This energy that was surrounding me was so heavy. It was so dark. And it was stemming from the fact that I wasn't being true to who I am. I wasn't being authentic to who I am. I was a low energy, low vibe version of me trying to fit and fix something that wasn't meant to be because I was afraid and I knew, I knew that this was not going to work probably 18 months before I walked away. And I think he did as well. And I think we stayed because we were both afraid. We had gotten together when we were so young and we didn't know what to do without each other. We grew up together. We were babies. We had this beautiful love story and we were both afraid of what life would look like without each other. And I, I can imagine that so many people have felt this in different points in their life as well. And it is scary and you have to face this fear of the unknown and the uncertainty. And one thing that my, you know, ex-fiance used to say, and I'll always remember this, is he used to say, you know, people will choose known hell over unknown heaven. And that's what I was doing. I was choosing to stay in this relationship that I knew was not going to work because I was so afraid of what might be out there. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't willing. I was the unknown. Exactly. The unknown. I I want, Mm -hmm. you know, you said something that was super powerful that I want to point out is that you started becoming something and someone different than your authentic self, but it wasn't even anything that was communicated between the two of you. It was just the assumption that you had that you needed to be this way in order to receive something from him. And I, and I think so many women can identify with that because it's so true for for me, even in my marriage early on, I assumed that the role as a wife, there were certain things that I should do to make, to be a great wife. And those were my assumptions. And, you know, early in our marriage, I, I, I realized that that's not true to who I am. And living that inauthentic life the greatest way to sabotage your a marriage, your success is living inauthentically. So I wanted to point that out because that was so powerful. Yeah. And I, I can identify with that so much. And I, I think, you know, we had had so many conversations. We had done all the things we'd individually gone to therapy. We'd gone together as a couple and we were both really working on 
you know, the things that were going to make him happier, the things that were going to make me happier. But I chose every time to take the blame on myself. I chose every time to take on that burden and say, well, if it's going to work, I have to do all of these things. And, and just to go back to what you said, you know, when we met, um, I came from a very, very beautiful and privileged family. My parents have been married for 45 plus years, very typical sort of, you know, white picket fence. And he came from a very broken family. He didn't have a lot of money and they didn't have a lot growing up. And so I think when I met him, I instantly took on this mother role. I instantly felt like I wanted to protect him. I wanted to save him. I wanted him to have everything that he hadn't had. As a child, I was overcompensating from what I was seeing that he didn't have versus what I did have. And I did everything. I cooked, I cleaned, I paid for everything. And I went very much into my masculine in the relationship. And that never changed ever. That was the standard that I set. It was the dynamic that was set from when we were 21 years old, I was the carer. I was all the things. I never wanted him to suffer. I never wanted him to be upset. I took everything. You know, I took all that pain away. I gave every part of me, even if it didn't serve me, even if it wasn't the right thing to do by me, because I loved him so much and I never wanted to see him go through what he went through as a child, as an adult. And that's not his fault at all. That was, like you said, that was the assumption I made. That was the dynamic of the relationship. But 10 years later, when you're 30 and you're still doing those things and you're still in this place of, I'm going to be the wife, I'm going to make the money, I'm going to run the business, I'm going to clean, I'm going to do all of these things, that the dynamic changes. And we were never able to get in this balance and flow from where we were when we first met to where we were, you know, when we were ending that part of the relationship. And, and I think, you know, I was always choosing him over me. I was always choosing his happiness. I would change my plans to do things that he wanted. And again, he didn't ask me to do that. He never asked me to choose him over me. He never asked me to choose his career over mine. I did it because I was abandoning that part of me that felt worthy enough to be put first and felt worthy enough to, you know, put have my name in, in the ring, you know. So, again, it wasn't him. It was everything I felt about myself. It was if I don't give this, I'm not going to get the love back. If I don't show him, I'm not going to receive that love back. And it's been such a lesson and such a journey that I, I'm going to be on for a long time. Um, it's that choosing he, someone else, whether it's a child or a friend or over you and what you need. And there were so many times that I was like, I need this. And I didn't ask for it ever. And that lack of communication just broke down over time and ended up being where we are now. Yes. You know, you said something really powerful that I want, that I want to just recap that, um, I want everyone to really hear what you said is because it can happen not just in a relationship, but, but in anything, when we give our power away to anything outside of ourselves, And you said in this relationship, I gave him everything 
so that I could be worthy of the love. And we can do the same thing with our career. We can do the same thing with achievements, with our kids. And that is abandoning ourselves. So I love that you said it was a worth issue. And how have you been able to work through that since for the last three months? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been challenging for sure, because you get into this place where you don't feel worthy if you're not doing things for others, um, if you're not putting other people first. So the number one thing I've been able to do through the healing journey is figure out first and foremost, what do I like doing? What do I love? What makes me feel good? What are those things that I stopped doing? because of the relationship or because of the way I was in the relationship. Um, Self-care has been so important. And I don't mean self-care typically in terms of, you know, doing a face mask or something like that. I mean like that true waking up and saying, what does my soul need to feel good today, to feel human, to feel all the things. And sometimes that's a big cry. Sometimes that's putting on music and feeling the way that I truly feel. Sometimes, you know, one of my favorite self-care things is I get up and I get a little coffee from the guys downstairs and I go for a walk on the beach and I listen to music. I don't have my phone on. Um, And that's been something that's been really important to me. Therapy has been life-changing. I'm a big believer in doing the work and getting down to the root cause because he, he wasn't the first time I've ever felt this way. And I think we have to really understand that we bring these patterns into all relationships. So, you know, the the worthiness stuff came way before my relationship with him. It just carried on into the relationship. So it's really getting down to the root cause, which can be done through therapy, through reading, personal growth podcasts, all of that. And I think really sitting down with myself and writing down all the ways that I abandoned myself, why I did those things getting to know me, getting to know the the patterns and getting to know why we do something. Like I was saying before with the therapy is the most important things that I've been able to do for sure. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And the, the abandoning yourself, when you, when you're able to really write those things down and see them on, on paper, you can start to identify, you know, the emotions that were behind those during the relationship. I'm sure that you saw a lot of a little bit of resentment towards your partner, a little bit of bitterness towards your partner, some frustration. And you probably couldn't identify that it was, it's because I'm not living my truth. I'm not living my authentic, my authentic self. So yeah, for the, for everyone who's listening, I want you to pay attention to that because when you feel that in any relationship, whether it's, you know, a marriage relationship or a significant other, or whether it's business relationship, if you're feeling frustrated, bitter, a little bit of angry, uh, you might want to look at how are you showing up for yourself, right? Yeah. And I think the hardest thing as well in the relationship was I, I would always say to myself, but we're two perfectly amazing people. Why aren't we working? And it's, and it's so challenging and it's so scary because we were two perfectly amazing people. I mean, on paper, we, were the dream and he was everything I ever wanted. And there was so much good and there was amazing qualities that I 
may never find in someone else. And so when I was in this place of why isn't this working? Why am I frustrated? Why can't I show up as me? Why can't I, I be the Victoria that I am in my work and it, with my family and with my friends? Why can't I be that girl in this relationship? I just couldn't get past what was on paper. I couldn't get past this beautiful story and it kept me in the relationship longer than I would have stayed or maybe than he would have stayed at the same time. It's, you know, he could have left at any time as well. And I think when two people are bringing out the worst versions of each other, that's when there's a real problem. And our relationship was beautiful for nine and a half years of where we were. And then we started bringing out the worst versions of each other. And that's when I thought, you know, this, this, we can't really come back from this um, as much as I would have wished we could. And, and we did try, I couldn't be in a relationship where someone was bringing out the worst in me and I was bringing out the worst in myself as well. So it still always comes, comes down to that abandonment, the, the choosing of someone else, the not showing up authentically, the not sticking true to who you are. And, and I remember times that we would be having a conversation and in my head I was like, I fundamentally disagree with every single thing that you're saying, but I'm not even going to tell you that I feel that way. And I would just say, I agree. I agree. You're right. You're right. Because I was so exhausted from just the whole situation that I literally in that moment told myself, you don't matter. What you have to say is not important. Your truth is not worth sharing. And I just said, I agree with you. Yep. Okay. And I just sit there and I, and I would just swallow her, her whole swallow, you know, my authentic self and, it would, it, that, you know, there were so many moments like that, that I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's, you know, I love how you share that, you know, you both, you're two amazing people on paper and, but it just, it just didn't work. And when you separate from, from that, you guys are both opening yourselves up for major abundance uh, of greater things for both of you, because you are both two beautiful, amazing people that just didn't work together. What are some tips that you could give to the listeners if they, if they find themselves in this place, or maybe they're just now recognizing that they have abandoned themselves in, in an area of their life? What would you, what were some tips that you could, you could offer? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously always trying to recognize if there is this sense of abandonment and, you know, just what I consider abandonment is I'm thinking one way, but I'm doing something else or my intuition saying this, but I'm ignoring it is probably the easiest way to do it. Like my intuition, a lot of the time was like, I don't agree with this, but I'm going to do this. Or I don't think this way, but I'm going to say that I do. Um, I think the first thing is if it is a relationship and it could be any relationship, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be with anyone that's not serving you. It could be with your career. It could be with, you know, where you're living, your environment um, is really asking yourself if you are staying because of the past or if you're staying because you actually want to be there. Um, and that's a really confronting question to ask yourself because most of the time you're probably staying out of fear 
and out of the uncertainty and the unknown of what's on the other side um, of the decision. So for me, I was staying because I was in so much fear that I wouldn't find somebody else or I wouldn't find somebody with the amazing qualities and very unique qualities that he had or I wouldn't, you know, be able to survive on my own. And I was staying for all the wrong reasons. I never once thought to myself, I'm going to stay because I think this is going to be a future marriage. You know, I, I'm staying because I, this is the person that makes me the happiest in the whole world. Like I, I wasn't staying for those reasons. I was staying because I was afraid. I had created this love story that I'd shared all over the world Um, with people and I felt like how do I turn around and say that it didn't work after that I was staying because I was afraid that he wasn't going to be okay there was a lot of shame and guilt that came with leaving the relationship based on what I'd said before where I was the carer I was the mother I was the masculine I never wanted him to feel pain the way he felt and to know that me leaving the relationship or him leaving the relationship could result in that pain was unbearable for me. But again, his pain was unbearable for me rather than my pain was unbearable for me. I was always thinking about him financially. Would he be okay? Would he be okay without my family? That was a huge one for me because really he was a part of my family and my parents were his parents. And my dad was the huge role model for him. And I thought, well, what's he going to do without my family? But you can't stay for those reasons. You have to stay because it's authentically what you want. You want to fight for it. You want to stay not for the kids or not for these things, but because you truly want to be in this relationship and commit and do the work that's required. So that would be my first sort of tip is really asking yourself those hard questions and not being afraid of what comes up. And the second thing would be, you know, to choose your heart. And I talk about this all the time. Every decision we make is going to be hard in one way or the other. So for me, you know, leaving the relationship was hard, but staying in the relationship was harder. It really was. It living in that energy and that low, um, low self-esteem that I was, I I had was harder than walking away from the relationship. And so ask yourself, you know, it's going to be hard either way, no matter what it is, leaving a career, that's going to be hard, but is staying in a place where you don't feel valued and you can't grow, is that harder? You know, being, whether it's a friendship, being in the friendship is leaving, also leaving the friendship is hard, but staying might be harder. So really asking yourself which which is harder and and working through that feeling um, and being excited about what possibly is on the other side. And I think that's what really gets me through each day is I've seen a shift over the last few months in seeing her come out again, the vibrant, the joyful, the loving, the, you know, all the things that I used to think I had to change that actually just make me who I am. Seeing them come out again is is so beautiful for me to watch myself go through that. And I never would have known that it was on the other side had I have, have stayed because I was afraid. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that come out in you too. You said in the beginning how, you know, you were, you were raised and you were very social 
I have seen that social in you and you are super social and super fun and amazing to be around. And I've only seen that increase 10 times in the last three months. And it's so beautiful to see you coming out of the shell into her that you stepping into your greatness. And I love that. I love your story. I thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for being so vulnerable. You are going to impact many lives. I know there are so many that are listening right now that are, that can really identify with your story, but they never really understood that they were abandoning them, abandoning themselves. Thank so you. I appreciate and you've just so been, much. you've been such a huge part of my journey and just such a massive support. I couldn't have done this without you. I'm so grateful for you, Deanna. So Victoria, what is next for you and how can people get in touch with you, reach out to you? What's the, what's the best ways? Oh my gosh. I'm very excited about this. So you can obviously connect with me on Instagram. It's at Victoria A. McHugh. Um, I'm there and I'm also currently launching a podcast, which will be live by the time this episode goes out, which I'm really excited about. It's called Becoming Her. And it's all about reinventing yourself at different stages of your life and what that looks like. And, and I'll be doing sort of a mix between my personal experience, a lot on relationships, mindset, health, wellness, all the things. And I'll also be interviewing incredible people from across the world and hearing their stories about how they reinvented themselves at one or more points in their life. So I'm really excited for that. And I'm excited to kind of bring that to you and and hopefully have relatable stories that can impact you as well. So stay tuned. I'm so incredibly proud of you. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome back. Sweet (laughs) Victoria. Thank Thank you you for all you do, all you're doing to change so many lives and the impact that you have made just today through this podcast will, you'll never know truly how it has spread. And now you're going to have your own, your own podcast and make an even larger impact. So amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. And you guys, what an amazing, amazing story. And I would encourage you, if you have seen a little bit of yourself in Victoria's story, sit down, journal it out and really look at where have you abandoned you? Because, you know, when we abandon ourselves, we begin to self-sabotage in some ways. And don't let that be your story. Find her, step into her. That is where you will find the greatest version of yourself and your energy. I'm sure, Victoria, you can attest to that, will just increase a hundred times. So thank you for joining me on this Tuesday. It's always such a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you again, talking to you again next Tuesday. God bless. I'm honored to have you as part of the Limitless community. If this podcast has added value to you, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Number one, share it with your family and friends. And number two, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Deanna Heron. I always love hearing from you. If you would love more about what's happening in the Deanna Heron world, you can go to DeannaHeron.net, subscribe to my email list, or even be a part of my private Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.